Welcome to the sixth episode of Conflict and Conversation on social media. Today, we will be reflecting on our previous conversations and looking into the ethical implications for non-Israeli and Palestinians wanting to post about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict on social media. Let's get right to it. One interesting thing that was brought up both with Shiraz and with Saad is the question whether everyone or every average American needs to care about this conflict. And they both answered in a very similar way. So first, Shiraz said that even though today through social media we are more aware than ever of social justice issues, she thinks that humans are not made to care about all social justice issues. And if they do, this makes their care quote-unquote cheap. This means that it makes their care maybe not very genuine, and it makes their care not very real. And Saad said something very similar. He said that not everyone needs to care about this conflict, and he acknowledged on himself that he doesn't necessarily care about all social justice issues that are happening around the world. And that's just human nature for both of them. However, I think that it has become much more necessary for people to express their opinions about social justice issues on social media platforms. And if you do not post about it, then that is also a strong statement by that person. So there has become a lot more pressure on people to post. Shiraz says that she thinks that a lot of people, in order to calm their guilt, they may repost or share in a very simplistic way and not really knowing what they're sharing, just in order to, to look good and make it seem as if they know what they're talking about because it looks good to look good. It looks good to look educated. And I think that in the age where we are all connected to the internet 24-7, if you are not educated on pressing social justice problems... That- then that reflects very bad on you because you have all the resources that you need in order to learn about it and you have the time to do it, but for some reason you choose not to learn about it. So I think today because everything is on the internet and there are endless videos and news articles and resources to learn from, people feel pressure to have some some sort of opinion on pressing social justice issues And I think the Israeli-Palestinian conflict falls right under that category. Despite this, Shiraz says that she doesn't blame people that post without necessarily knowing what they are talking about because she says she was there at some point. I mean, if she saw a social justice issue and from a first glance it looked wrong to her, then she would repost it because she had good intentions. She thought she was doing something good. Later, she learned that it's not that simple, and that is, that is a message she wanted to convey to non-Israeli and Palestinian students. Because, because students may have good intentions when they post, but they need to be more aware of the consequences. And more than that, if they are going to post, she says that they need to be ready to have conversations about what they post. Because she encountered many times when she would speak to people that would post, and try to have a conversation about it, and they were either not willing to have a conversation or simply did not know what they were talking about. And this was very frustrating for her because that showed that they didn't acknowledge the power that they have when they post on social media. So that means they were just posting to look good. 
or they simply do not know what they are talking about and they are not willing to listen when someone wants to speak with them about it. And Saad, in a similar way, he said that he doesn't want fake activists by his side. He wants, he wants people that are actually willing to stand up for Palestinian rights. Right? So if someone is just going to post to look good, he'd rather not have them post at all. So he'd much rather have people that really care about this issue that will stand by his side rather than people that will maybe share a post, but they won't show up to demonstrations and won't advocate for the Palestinians when they need to. Well, and moreover, they both acknowledge that it's okay not to have an opinion about this conflict. They both acknowledge that it's natural for humans to not care about every, every social justice conflict, and they don't expect everyone to care about it. So it's okay to say you don't know enough about the conflict, and it's okay to say you don't have an opinion. Where they, they feel that it is very hard for people to say that today because either they think it looks bad on them or it's because of their ego, but they both acknowledge that it is okay to say those things. When asking these four people what non-Israeli or Palestinian students should post, what came up a lot was what they should not post. Shiraz said that non-Israeli or Palestinian students should not spread hate because their main goal when they post is to try to find a solution for the problem or to try and make peace something that is closer. And when they spread hate, they are just making the problem worse and amplifying it and affecting real people that are living. And she said on herself, she lives in a city where there are Arabs and Israelis that, live, that both live in the city. And throughout Operation Protective Edge in May 2021, as people were spreading more and more hate, neighbors that she has known her whole life, they, they started hating each other too because it was slowly, slowly trickling into, into the conflict zone and it wasn't just staying in the social media realm. So she emphasized that people that do decide to post about the conflict should not spread hate or not make the conflict worse because they are affecting real people and putting real people in danger. And they're just not using the platform that they have in a very wise and useful and productive way. Saad said something similar. He said that as Westerners, their job is to be a messenger for natives in the conflict area and not to spread their own narratives. When non-Israeli or Palestinians post, they should simply be posting what is going on in the conflict area and not trying to spread their own narrative about what is going on because Rudy kind of said what Shiraz and Saad both said. He said that the job of non-Israeli or Palestinian people is to be an ally and not someone at the forefront. So that is kind of what Saad said because whoever is posting about, about this is not supposed to be in the forefront because they're not physically affected by the conflict on a daily basis. So their job is to be an ally for the people that are being affected by the conflict on a daily basis. They're, that's what their post should be reflecting, is that they're an, an ally and not at the forefront. And Rudy also emphasized that, that people that post should help people that they agree with and not necessarily point fingers at the other side or be anti the other side. This is kind of in line with what Shiraz was saying about not spreading hate because you can be on one side and be pro one side without pointing fingers all the time at the other side and, and only focusing on what they do wrong. I think it is not, I think it is not easy to 
be pro one side without post without pointing fingers at any point in time but I don't think it is impossible I think social media has made us get used to pointing fingers all the time at people that we disagree with or finding ways in which we can disagree with other people and show the world how we disagree with them and how the other side is wrong but this is not a useful way of using social media and to diminishing the conflict so at a first look it seems that being pro one side and posting and posting posts that are pro one side is is almost a synonym to pointing fingers at the other side but i think if we look at it more closely it does not necessarily have to be like that but if we are realistic, I don't see a scenario when you can never post about what the quote-unquote other side is doing wrong. I think there are times when that is necessary and that is useful that people know when either side does something wrong. But I think most of our energy should be towards helping people you agree with and amplifying that voice rather than pointing fingers at the other side and showing how they are wrong and how they are always in the wrong. And Rudy also said that the job of non-Israeli or Palestinian people was to push people together and not apart. And I think that's a byproduct of not pointing fingers because in a way you're not spreading hate because you're trying to spread a narrative that you agree with without pointing fingers. But nonetheless, he emphasizes that the job of non-Israeli or Palestinian people is to push the two sides together because... As we said in the previous episode, all the people that I spoke with emphasize that Israeli and Palestinian people have to speak to each other, and social media is a great platform for them to do that. And the job of non-Israeli or Palestinian people is not to push them more apart, but it's to actually bring them together so that they can have these conversations. And I think that is a very, very important job that non-Israeli or Palestinian people have. I think social media is a tricky place to learn about political conflicts because social media is a platform that tends to simplify everything, in fact. Social media simplifies everything because there is so much content on there and people People usually just scroll down to the next post or swipe to the next story very, very easily. And they don't usually read everything that is written there, if anything is even written in the caption or in the story. And so social media users have learned that in order to catch someone's eye, you need to be short to the point and and punchy with your words. And so learning about political conflicts that have been going on for years and years, like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, is, is very difficult to do through social media. But nonetheless, I think a lot of people think it is still possible. And something that came up in the previous podcast is that non-Israeli and Palestinians should acknowledge the complexity of the conflict, even through this simplistic platform. So Saad first argued that social media simplifies because, as we said earlier, no one actually reads what if people try to give the full context. And... Because of that, I think people have changed the way they post on social media in order to catch as many people's eyes as they can. Kind of connected to that, I think that is why 
the so-called trend that was going on on the Palestinian side during the during the last major escalation, which was posting short videos straight from the conflict zone, was very, very effective, especially on social media, because short videos is exactly what people will click on in order to learn more about the conflict. And that source is a very, very credible source. However, in my opinion, in a conflict that is so complicated and so complex, I think it is easy for non-Israelis or Palestinians or just people that do not know a lot about the conflict to see a short 20-second video and make assumptions about the conflict. Now, on the one hand, I understand where they're coming from and I resonate with what Shiraz says where she doesn't blame them because this source seems very, very credible. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with something that you see with your own eyes. And showing a video straight from the conflict area is a very good and useful source of information. But if someone does not know anything about the conflict or has little to no knowledge about the conflict, that source of information simplifies the conflict in a way that is detrimental to that person's understanding about the conflict. Now, the sources that do post these videos may be trying to give the additional context that is necessary to understand what is happening in the video, but most people won't read the context that is given because that's just not in the culture of social media today. And I think that is exactly the component that oversimplifies the conflict and leads people to make very quick assumptions about the conflict based off of very little information. And something that Professor Senzai said that I thought was very interesting is that people should acknowledge the complexity of this conflict. There is a reason that people have not found a solution yet to this problem. And I think he is right. I mean, people have been talking about this conflict for so long and trying to find a solution. And it's frustrating to see when non-Israelis or Palestinians are very quick to assume that there is an easy solution to this problem based off of very little information that they get off of social media. What they all say that non-Israelis or Palestinians should do is that they should use social media as a starting point for learning about the conflict, an introduction to the conflict, but that much more research has to be done in order to get a good grasp about the conflict. So on the one hand, I think social media is confusing because it oversimplifies the conflict for reasons that I stated before. But on the other hand, I think it is a very good source of information because, because it shows a lot of narratives and different perspectives that the news does not necessarily cover. And moreover, it gives a glance into the conflict area that non-Israelis or Palestinians would ever get if they would if they would never visit that place. And I think this all kind of ties into the don't know, don't post trend that was going on because Shiraz said that the main goal was to make people aware that when they post, there are consequences on real people. So even though there may be all these different motives to post that we spoke about during this episode, which it could be in order to look good or that you think you have a good grasp about the conflict, or that you think this post will actually make Israelis and Palestinians speak to each other, whatever it may be, 
Shiraz emphasized that people need to be more conscious when they post because it has an effect on real people. Saad also emphasized that social media needs to amplify a culture that is more conscious and that recognizes that there are consequences when people post and it's not just even if it's a story for 24 hours that people may think, oh, I'm going to post it for 24 hours and then it's going to go away. That's not usually the case. There is an impact when you post and it affects people and it affects real people. And that is something that Professor Senzai tries to convey to his students all the time. He always asks Israelis and Palestinians to speak about their personal experiences when they're in the class because he thinks that makes the non-Israeli and Palestinian students realize that this conflict is about real people and it's not just something happening on the other side of the world. And he thinks that through hearing those narratives, non-Israelis and Palestinians understand that if my classmate is being affected and I, and I can listen firsthand to the stories that they have experienced, this makes them understand that all the stories that are being shared about this conflict all come from real people that are being affected from this conflict. And he hopes that that makes them think about the conflict in a different way. And when they read about it, they always remember that it is real people that we are talking about. So hopefully when people post, they will acknowledge that they have an effect when they post and it affects real people. With that being said, I think it is important for non-Israelis and Palestinians to understand the power that they have when they post and the good impact that they can have on this conflict, whether it's to bring Israelis and Palestinians closer together, to not spread hate, to maybe amplify conversation. Um, I think these are all things that non-Israelis and Palestinians can encourage. And I think that is a very useful and productive way of using social media. Even after reflection, there are still some unanswered questions that we should think about. First, should we care about all social justice issues? And if we do, how should we act upon our care? How should people balance being on the one hand a messenger for narratives from the conflict zone and at the same time avoiding not spreading hate on social media? How can one even post on their own personal social media without emphasizing their own narrative? And lastly, how can we be pro one side without pointing fingers at the other side? That's it for us today. And this is also the last episode of the series. At the beginning of this series, I was very pessimistic about the power social media can have on political issues. I thought it was all doom and gloom, and it would be much better if we do not speak about political issues on social media at all. However, throughout the project, my opinion has changed, and through the conversations I had, I learned that social media can be an extremely useful tool to bridge differences between people, if it is used consciously and productively. We can do this by intentionally following pages and people we disagree with in order to listen and learn more rather than use social media as a tool to only share our own voice. We can do this by also being open to have conversations with people we disagree with, be patient if they make mistakes, and also be vulnerable to acknowledge when we make mistakes. And lastly, to realize the power that our posts have. 
even if it is a story that can go away after 24 hours. Social media has a special power to bridge differences between everyday people in a way that politicians can never achieve. We should all take part in trying to bridge those differences, and we all have a part to play.